Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, what matchups intrigue you in zero week in college football? Uh, it, probably Nebraska Northwestern the most, even though it's in Ireland, and I don't know what the atmosphere is going to sound like or feel like, but I think it's really imperative that Scott Frost gets off to a good start this year. Um, it doesn't. You know, a good start doesn't guarantee anything the rest of the year. But, boy, last year they got off to a bad start against Illinois. I, I think that one intrigues me the most. The other games, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious maybe to see what Vanderbilt does at Hawaii. But um, those, those kind of jump off, but particularly Nebraska and how Nebraska plays. And they better be ready to play because even though they're more talented than – uh, Pat Fitzgerald's team, uh, Pat's team could, could beat them, and they have done it, and um, they can embarrass you if you're not ready to play. I 100% agree with that, but you were talking about the Nebraska talent, and certainly it's not Nebraska talent that, that we have seen during the Tom Osborne or even the Frank Solich days, but how many guys on that team can make the jump from college to the NFL? Oh, they've got a few that can do it. I mean, they're they're not as talented as they have been. You're right, but they're still quite a bit more talented than Northwestern, and just in terms of overall personnel. I think the difference with Nebraska is, you know, when you go back to the heyday of Coach Devaney and Coach Osborne, Nebraska had the best facilities when nobody really had great facilities, and Nebraska before everybody was on TV. They were one of the half a dozen teams that were on TV all the time, at least once a year against Oklahoma. And things changed over time because, uh, you know, the, a lot of people on TV now, obviously, everybody's on TV, and then everybody's got facilities. So the advantage that they had, they no longer have. And I, I do think that, um, you know, going to the Big Ten, well, they, they're not an elite-type team anymore and haven't, been an elite program for a while it it perplexes me that they can't at least be what wisconsin and iowa are in the big 10 and the reason they haven't is they've not had the stability in coaching and i think that's hurt the program so i think you know it's um they've got some talent they've got some guys that can play at the next level but it's it's not like it's not like the heyday where they were loaded with first rounders no so who are you going to be watching this weekend as far as you know, kind of scouting goes, guys that you're going to look at, guys that we can watch that you think may be either surefire NFL guys or guys that might be dark horses to get into the NFL? Well, I, you know, I, obviously I look at all the seniors, uh, but, you know, when I look at the games, uh, I, I look at everything. I'm looking at younger players, older players. I don't look at it just for – in fact, I don't really look at it for scouting purposes. I look at the coaching tape for that um, and when you go down and, and get a better look at the players. But uh, they've got a few seniors on the team that are that are really good players. Both of them do. Um, but I, I like watching the games to kind of see how the program is going because a lot of what I do now in my consulting work is for college programs, NFL teams – and it's more than just, you know, who can play on Sundays. But they've got a few in there in the senior group. But to me, I'm more interested in the younger guys. I'm looking to see what Mark Whipple does with this offense. How different are they? How much better are they? And for goodness sakes, is their special teams better than what it has been? It's been atrocious. They hired a special teams coach, did Scott Frost for the first time in a while. So those are the things that I'm going to be focusing on the most as it comes to Nebraska this year, more than just, 
you know, who's going to stand out as a, as a pro prospect this week. Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com joining us here on 97.1 The Sports Animal. So right now, Chris, which program, okay, aside from Alabama, let's take them out of the conversation. Which program overall is in the best shape and being run the best right now? Uh, after Alabama, it's Georgia. Uh, Georgia is the program that is run the most like Alabama in the country. I think Ohio State, um, they're really, really good. Clemson is very good. Um, they, they're certainly in a transition, losing you know both their coordinators. So that's, that's going to be a challenge for them. But they still are head and shoulders above anybody in their conference. So uh, I would say that Georgia and uh, State are the programs that look the most like or the closest to Alabama. Um, no one's done it as consistently as Saban at Alabama. But th- those two, the, in terms of talent, how they recruit, how they develop, um, those are been at an elite level. Where do you look at a program like Oklahoma State who may not get necessarily elite-level talent but consistently win between eight and ten games every year and, and does a pretty good job of developing the, the talent they do get? Well, I wouldn't rank them amongst the, the, you know, the top, but you just hit on it. They develop very well. They understand what the program's about. I thought they've shown some flexibility of, you know, being, you know, because always a team that needed to outscore you with the passing game to maybe focusing more on the running game. I thought they did a great job. And, and when you do that, you help your defense a lot. And I think that they did a really good job last year of running the football and playing good defense. But I, I think it's a good program, but it's a perfect example of, you know, uh, uh, you do a great job of coaching and you lose a coordinator to one of those elite programs that I mentioned. So they're, they're good. They're a developmental program, but, but they're not what I would call an elite program um, that, that uh, you would put into that, that category of, of maybe competing at the highest, highest level, but they're always are on the cusp. I think right now, if you're looking in the Big 12 this year, uh, it's still Oklahoma, it's still Baylor, but I think Oklahoma State's in that mix. I don't know that any of them are, you know, playoff caliber teams, but somebody's got to be that fourth team. And, you know, last year we had Michigan and Cincinnati. I don't know that that team's going to come from the Big 12, but I, I think, you know, all the, I think they're certainly capable of winning nine, ten games again this year. And consistently doing it, Mike's done, a, done an outstanding job in that regard. All right, and and um, one thing that we've got to ask you because this is this is you know Chris, this is a huge topic on our show, um, and I don't know if you can you consult this team, but if Steve Sarkeesian in Texas came to you and said, "Hey, can you help us fix our program?" What is the first thing you're telling them to do at this point? Well, I think that they've got to. It really, it's. It's really not about Sark. I mean, Sark certainly has a big job, but there needs to be a level of patience and understanding and less, uh, less cooks in the kitchen, less uh, people involved in trying to have their say. And They need stability. They need to change a culture uh, that has been constantly changing, but they need to stabilize it. Got some good players. B. John Robinson is a great talent. Um, I think they've recruited very well. 
here, and I think it's in, if they continue to do that in a couple of years, they're going to start to see some improvement. I, I'm a little. I think you got to. He needs to be careful. My advice to him: be careful of, you know, you bring in a, a Jai Hall type guys that were problems at Alabama, and you think you can. You know, it's nothing wrong with bringing them in. See if maybe and you know, kick the tires. See if it can work out. I, I have no problem with that. But then obviously you got to move on from them like they did because of some, you know, the lingering problems that have with them. I think there are different ways you go about it. I think it's about putting the right people in your program that are going to be hardworking, tough guys that are also very talented. I think in the past they've gone after a lot of shiny object, five stars type guys. And I think that not played with a great deal of toughness mental toughness, and I think that team has kind of reflected it. The program's reflected it for some time. So I think Steve is a really good coach. I think he's doing a lot of good things behind the scenes. Is there going to be patience to allow him to do it? I don't know. It's a race for them and Oklahoma to get ready for SEC play beyond the Big 12. And I'm curious to see how well they continue to build their rosters so that they can compete on a week-in, week-out basis. Because I think when Texas, for example, when they play Alabama this year, they don't match up personnel-wise. And I don't think it's going to turn out all that well. But I'm curious to see how hard they fight, uh, how hard they play when they're down. Those things are important. Those are things you can build now. And then the talent level needs to come as a result of stability of the program, filling some needs, but filling the right type of pedigree to build the type of sustainable culture that you need there that's been so lacking. Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. And real quick, I'll ask you this, Chris, because you brought brought up a point that a lot of us really want to know about, but when you look at Oklahoma, how far away are they from being able to compete consistently in the SEC? Well, they're not there defensively. Um, I, I think one of the things that Lincoln Riley did and, and I think in the Big 12, there's a, it's with a predominant offensive league, but you saw Oklahoma State last, you see what Baylor's doing. I think you have to have better balance. And I think that's obviously not by design, but because Lincoln left, they brought in a guy that I think understands, because he came from Clemson, um, that you have to have better balance. You, you can't just be a team that is a mile-a-minute offense and tries to score 60 points a game and put your defense on the field for, you know, 90 snaps a game. You'll never be good defensively. And you might win conference championships, but you basically get hammered more often than not when it comes playoff time. So I think what's imperative for for Brent to do is to build in recruiting, I think he's already doing some of it, better sustainability of a defense. And while you can still be explosive on offense, You have to have the ability to run a successful four-minute offense so that you're not constantly, you know, having to win shootout, but that when you got a 17, 20-point lead in the third quarter, you can run a four-minute offense, still score seven points, but do it by eating four, five, six minutes off the clock. Those are the type of things that you need to do, and you need to be successful because to win at the highest level playoff-wise, you have to do that. He was a part of what they did uh, doing that at Clemson, and I'm curious to see if he'll do that. What to me is the most interesting thing is how what is his plan with Jeff Levy, who is a high-tempo guy from the Art Browse background, high-tempo, high-tempo, high-tempo offense. How is that going to mesh with Brent's view of the defense? Uh, that's going to be real interesting for me to watch. But 
I think it's a, they're a little ways away. I think they'll be competitive in the SEC, but you know, in the upper echelon, they don't look like Georgia or Alabama from an overall roster standpoint. That's what Oklahoma and Texas needs to do here in the next couple of years to where they can look like it, because if you're not recruiting in the top five and they are, you're not going to outcoach those teams enough to beat them consistently. And I think that's what the expectation level is at Oklahoma and at Texas. And I think to do that's going to be tougher in the SEC. It's doable, but the challenge is going to be greater. Chris, you are a fantastic guest. I hope we can have you back uh, soon. We certainly do think about it. Tell everyone where they can get your stuff, where they can read you, and, and all the in-depth things you guys you have going on. Well, we're, we're just great being with you, and anytime, love to join you. LandryFootball.com is where you want to go. It's a website for the sophisticated football fan that wants to see the game, the college game, the NFL game from a coaching and scouting perspective. Inside information, coaching searches, recruiting, the draft. Uh, if, if it involves players, teams, coaches, schemes at the college or NFL level, that's what we provide for you at LandryFootball.com. You can try it out for a month. Uh, you, you can get the better discount by getting the year advantage. So, for example, all these week zero games and every game every week, we're going to have them broken down for you, give you a feel for what to look for. We'll do that for the NFL as well. Uh, as well. we'll give you all sorts of inside information that, that I think can help you enjoy the game better. So check it out at LandryFootball.com. Catch all our podcasts out there as well that we provide for you on a daily basis. All right. Thank you very much, Chris. We appreciate it.